Welcome to episode 456 of Troubadours and Rakan Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we have a grand conversation with Roni Bopla, British Indo-American poet and visual artist, talking with us from her place in Sacramento, California. We discuss her mother, poetry, mortality, rejection and affirmation, a renewed sense of hope in humanity. Roni reads one of her poems, and we look at why you shouldn't be afraid to ask for help. A grand conversation with Roni Bopla this go-round. We have an EW essay titled, The Boss, and we share a short essay from The Sun Magazine's November 2021 issue. It's Reader's Right segment. This one is titled, Brothers by Brian Jimenez. And we have an EW poem called, Small Stream. This, of course, will be infused, imbued, with the wonderful energy of several great tunes. It is so nice to be with you. Let's get to it, why don't we? Episode 456 of Troubadours and Rock-On Tours. When 
The Boss. There are certain roads, it is said, one should not travel, perhaps because we don't know when to stop going down them. I knew a guy who inhaled cigarettes, drank beer, and smoked dope. He ran it crooked like a frayed rope tied to a pole, blowing in the wind without access to a true friend. He got lost, didn't know his lines of thinking were crossed, but deep down he knew it was the only way he might be happy. The sunlight was right there shining on his tablet as he scratched out his will and weekly testament. What should be hard isn't, and what shouldn't be is, for this whiz-bang kid from uptown. Ask the boss. He's the one who told me one time when I was a kid. When we were kids, was it better then, with the innocence and veiled protection? despite the inescapable familial dysfunction. Chores and boorish bores, church bulletins and synagogue cultural synergy, the government hyperbolic prose, and the middle school teacher's poetry handouts that hit you right in the nose with romance, rebellion, in the verbiage of deeper souls. Where were we then headed that led us here now in this mode of operation? A conflagration of so many soliloquies to conjure and unfold. The rest of this story today must remain untold. Let's work to be brave, beautiful, and beguilingly bold.
Is that you? Yes. Is this E.W. Conundrum Demure? <laughs> it is. It is. How exciting. I'm so happy to hear your voice after some time. Yeah, it's been close to a year, I think, since we've yes. spoken. Absolutely. I believe it was National Poetry Month, April of last year. So it's pretty, it's getting close to a year. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you're... Right now, in uh, I think a warmer climate than I'm than I'm sitting in. Uh, you're in, uh, somewhere in in uh, California, is that right? Yes, I'm in Sacramento, South Sacramento. We do have some sunshine. Um, lately, it's been foggy in the morning, but I can't say it's anything compared to where you are. It's very wintry, though. I like it. You know, I like yeah. it for a few months, and then I'm you know then spring feels wonderful because of the winter you know how that goes oh absolutely it's like a blooming that happens i mean literally and 
and in real life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no doubt. Well, let me just mention to the folks listening who haven't uh, heard you on Troubadours and Rock On Tours before, let me tell them a little bit about you. Um, Roni is a British Indo-American poet and visual artist, among other things. Uh, and she's finishing up her MFA. Is this the last semester? It it could be the second to last. It depends on my projects. But yes, you are correct. Thank you. No, no problem. Uh, you do a lot of great work. And uh, I, I think at some point today you're going to share one of your poems but before we get to that point, and we'll figure out when that point is, um, let's let's uh, let's go into some of the things you've been thinking about. You know, when when uh, we set up for our talk today, we exchanged a few emails, and I asked Roni, you know, what's on her mind, and um, some heavy stuff, but important. You know, like mortality, mm. illness, mm. grief. Mm-hmm. And and the list goes on. Uh, all these are very compelling topics to me. I've also I also think about these regularly. Rejection, affirmation, mm. uh, and uh, renewed belief and hope in humanity. Mm. Uh, so, where do you want to talk? You want to start talking today? You know, I think grief is sort of the place where I am personally. My my dear, beautiful mother passed last month. She oh, lived, I'm so sorry to hear that. She lived a wonderful life. And I remember you and I talking about my relationship to my ancestry and the partition of India. And she really was part of that. And I think this is not a formal term, but the midnight generation where India was formerly known as Bharat, the pre-colonial name, and it was split into two countries. And she she was born on the Pakistan side, and because of the conflict between those two sides, the whole family had to move over to what was then known as India, which is now known as India. So, so it's a great loss for me. I... Uh, and you know i'm i'm free to share that yesterday i picked up her ashes and uh you know it seems like every time we do something related to a personal loss like this it breaks open a a primordial wound a wound that takes on new shapes to borrow a phrase from one of my writing teachers chris abani and uh it it takes on different nuances and the grief that we share amongst each other as, as humans, it's, we like to say it's different, but I think that the arts has helped me shape the language around what I'm going through. And uh, that's what I've been thinking about lately, but I've also been thinking about topics related to society and some of the things that you mentioned in the context of my studies. Well, let me ask, um, again, my sympathies, uh, and, uh, I, you know, mm. that's so, your mother, anybody's mother, such mm. an important part uh, of your existence, obviously. Uh, even, even if you're not close to your parents, you can't help but be affected, uh, mm. right? I mean, for obvious right. reasons. 
Yeah. But yeah. you were close to your mom. And how, how old was your mom? She was 83 years old. And that's an, that's another story in itself. She, in, in papers, on paper, she was 81. Because when she arrived in the West, which was in England, uh, there had to be an estimation of her birth because some of those records were not available. So that has stayed with her all the way through to her death certificate, which was, uh, it stated that she was 81, but in reality she was 83. And that was something that I had to say every time, you know, we'd visit the doctor, you know, together, you kind of have, you have to explain that, you know, no, a person's body is this age. So that's a long story in itself, but 83 to answer it shortly. And and uh, your mom's name again? Sushil Rani. Nice. Um, so uh, mortality, grief, mm. um, primordial wounds. That's a, an excellent turn of phrase. Uh, uh, and I guess that suggests wounds that that are have been with us before we physically manifested on this earth. Quite possibly, I was talking to another poet who is really close to me, Tamar Saeed Mustafa, last night about the primordial wound, and I was thinking a little bit close to the fact that I was born. Uh, via C-section, and you know, it, it as you say, it could predate us. I mean, for example, geologists have determined. I don't know what the evidence is wholly, but we were in one continent. So, primordial wounds sometimes can be outside of us. I think we lose. We use language to try to delve into that concept and it's, it's not an original phrase I you know, like I said it's Chris Abani sort of brought that up in a, in a lecture but uh you know the breakage of the continents into the continent that could be in my view a primordial wound because really we we obtain our sustenance from the earth and we are made from those nutrients and when that sort of tectonic breakage happened that could have been one of the original primordial wounds that we sustained yes pangea i think is what it was called. pangea right yeah it's not a hard g right it's a j sound right right okay I, that's when everything was connected before everything split into continents right mm. um, yeah and you know, I was talking to a, a gentleman earlier, uh, well, last year, um, Paperboy Love Prince. He was running for mayor in uh, New York City. He's a performing artist and an activist. Mm. And I asked him how, how old he was, and mm. he said he was 3,000 years old. And he, he, I said, what do you mean you're 3,000 years old? And he, he said, as far as I, I can go back right now, I'll say 3,000. I'm, I'm connected to all my ancestors. Mm. Yeah, all all of what they are, all of what they have dealt with, is 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 in me, and mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty compelling. Yes, and that's a pro. I I think he was getting at primordial primordial wounds too, because he was he was talking about some of uh, the grievances he had uh, with you know the powers that be, 
and he was trying to make right. It was interesting. And you can't, yeah. you can't forget these things, I suppose. And you don't, obviously. And, and someone really near to you um, who is connected a little closer to the past mm -hmm. than you mm -hmm. has passed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Thank if, you. Is, is that really where you're immersed right now? You know, <clears throat> I am in some regard, but I have to take it out of myself, meaning I have to take myself out of that because another mentor of mine, and it's a collective effort, we're a community, it, you know, said, you know, we, we have to produce the art that we need to produce. And there was an invocation, can we do that without taking us along with it. Uh, not to say that we can't point to our own culpability or we can't include ourselves in our art because that is definitely, that's a binding that we cannot get rid of. But the invocation was, it's time to get to work. We have important things to do and the work is, creating the art, uh, the literature, the architecture, the paintings, the song, the dance, all of that, because those are a filling of a void that perhaps has been destroyed. And in, in certain cultures, things were destroyed it, it, physically. Um, going back to colonialism, we lost a lot of... Uh, physical manifestation of art. So, so the invocation was how do we come out of ourselves and move forward? And I think that helps me deal with the grief that I have in, sustained recently, uh, which is a new wound. And I think that it, it, it helps me keep my purpose in line. And it's not a it's not a callous way of, of living. It's a, it's a joyful way of living. My mother, she touched every single painting that I created. And, and now I'm going to create all of my paintings without her. But I know that, as you said, with your guest, we're much older than we are. We think we are because we have all of our ancestors inside of us. And they are touching what we are touching our art our physical art and what we're creating in the world well said well said and that what a what energy uh, limitless uh yes right yeah definitely and i feel that in your work too i feel i was thinking this morning i'm so glad that you have been doing this this show and it's 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 that very thing. It's that very thing, and I I'm so I'm so elated to be part of that. Well, that's so kind of you to say, and it's it's really beneficial to a great to a significant extent having you as as a, a contributor to Troubadours and Rock on Tours. You have so much to offer. Thank you for the kind words, Roni. Um, Absolutely, it means a lot. Uh, so. 
Do you want to, I mean, we can go off uh, on some of these ideas for a long time. Uh, mm. I, I also want to give you, though, an opportunity to maybe talk a bit about uh, rejection and affirmation. I, I know those are a couple of things that you've been thinking about. Mm. You know, I, I don't know what to say about that. Um, I, I think that one of the biggest rejectors of me is myself. And we, we all know this, those of us that have lived a little. And sometimes we forget that. And it's, it's, it comes from probably standards that are, that are outside of us. And the, the rejection, it comes in many waves. It comes in many modalities. And, uh, our emotions manifest as a result of that inner rejection. And it's, you know, psychologists do their work, social workers do their work um, in trying to unravel some of that. But a lot of that heavy lifting has to be done in our own silences when we realize that when we are still, when we are with ourselves, we are one whole person, whether we've had those primordial wounds uh, broken open again and again, we stay true to the fact that we are one whole person. We're all one whole energy. And that is an affirmation. And it and in, in that affirmation, we are actually engaging in a rejection as well. And that's that's all I can think about right now is all of us are trying to grapple with the different forces outside of our physical and mental bodies. And uh, we need to have some sort of baseline. And the baseline to me is when I'm alone, when I'm sitting, when I'm thinking about my art, when I'm writing, that's where I gain some sort of traction. Uh, yeah, I like it. And when, you know, it, it surprised me how you addressed rejection. I, I thought you were going to, and maybe I misunderstood you, but I thought you were going to say, you know, dealing with rejection. But it sounds to me like you're saying a person uh, choosing to reject something that is not good for them, I suppose. Yes, and I, I don't want to put that agency on on victims of rejection and because there's so many different ways that people are, are dealing with that. But... Um, just being aware that we do have some control over how things affect us. Uh, uh, and that's, I think, a good reminder to those younger folks out there who don't have uh, sort of a path that has already been walked in that realm. They, I want, I want you to know all, especially the youth out there, is that you know, things are temporary. And if you're going through some sort of rejection, or you feel like you are alone in something, likely you're not alone, um, and seek out someone who has had a parallel journey, but maybe a little older. Right. And hold on. Hold on. Yeah, definitely. Um, wow, this is a great conversation, Roni. Boplez, you know, was the last one, and I'm sure the next one too uh, will be. Yes, it's a pleasure talking with you, and I, I know um, we're we're going to fit in a poem. Is this a good mm. time, or do you want? Is this the poem that you've chosen for today? Is 
does it align with what we're talking about now or do you want to wait a bit? It doesn't matter. I think uh, I picked a poem. I thought it's a, it's a poem that I've been working on and it's in the context of a larger body of work. Um, so if you would like me to read, I'm ready. I would love it. Yes, please do. This, this poem takes excerpts from a body of work and it's the work title is Primo Levi's survival in Auschwitz. I read the book in the nineties and my professor in college, may he rest in power, Dr. Mark Blanchard. He made me aware of the Holocaust through his reading schedule. And, and this was one of the books and since I've, I've read the book three times and the project I'm working on is poem responses to the various chapters in the memoir. Um, and this is the first poem that I wrote and it was under the tutelage of Marvin Bell. And I, I do need to preface it like that because the poem itself has excerpts from the memoir and that cannot be seen, obviously, because you're listening to the poem, but the, the excerpts from the memoir are as follows. By his natural and plain manner of being good, still pure and whole, not corrupt, not savage, extraneous to hatred and terror, not forget that you yourself were a man. And here is the poem. After chapter 13 of Primo Levi's survival in Auschwitz, Lorenzo, the star-filled warmth of compassion by his natural and plain manner of being good, set against the cold, stark bestiality, the pathetic state of man rendered by Nazi fascism, did not penetrate the good nature of Lorenzo. The man credited for saving your life, they forced the grind of internal organs through hunger, hunger, bowls for soup, stolen, bowls for soup hung against bodies like secondary stomachs to be filled at the pleasure of working prisoners, capos who took to violence to stay alive, they beat you. They forced your souls to fester. The daily revali marching at a stick man gate, the flesh of your feet ground into sores in wooden shoes. There is no music to the start or end of the horror Though you say, Lorenzo, who by his natural manner, still pure and whole, not corrupt, not savage, extraneous to hatred and terror, gave you, when he could, some ration of bread, and, you say, helped you manage to not forget that you yourself were a man. Hmm. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Ronnie. And the title of that again? 
of Primo Levi's survival in Auschwitz. Oh, that was powerful and beautiful. Uh, and it's a nice segue, I think, mm. into the next uh, area of, of discussion. Um, you mentioned a renewed belief and hope in humanity. Mm. After what you just described, I guess you can go either way with uh, how one might look at humanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, this, this particular chapter in the book had to be written first. This poem had to be written first because throughout the horrific telling by Primo Levi, I was struck immediately by the change of tone and mention of Lorenzo and how important Lorenzo was in this entire body of work. And to see that in such a horrendous physical environment that was mentally and physically torturous is really something to look to for hope. And the memoir, it's, it's something that has influenced my thinking for many, many years, close to maybe 25 years. And I, I sometimes forget about it when I'm walking around and conducting my daily activities, not remembering that there is a possibility for us to come out of something so dreadful. There is possibility. And the only way we can believe that is to really learn people's stories. And this is an example from where I have gained that strength and belief. Well said. You obviously, you know, in my uh, assessment, which is very limited, so I don't want to uh, oversimplify you or insult you, but it seems based on what I'm hearing, uh, you're living well. You know, I, I am living well. I am living well. And we all suffer to certain degrees. And I think the, the emotional suffering is what we share. Um, but I'm not physically suffering. I'm not looking for housing. I'm not someone who needs to rely on someone else for food. Uh, so I'm living well. Well, I didn't even mean it that way. I, mm. I, I meant the way that you are navigating your your day-to-day -day existence is, is healthy. That's what I meant. I, I didn't mean you're living large in a material sense or you mm. have privilege. I didn't mean that at all. Mm. I meant the way you're processing and, and dealing and living your life is, is healthy. I think I'm, I'm getting there. I'm doing it. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Well, and I want, I want to do that. And so that encourages me. Otherwise you're, you know, an Academy award-winning level actress, you know, <laughs> it's one or the other. <laughs> well, you know, what happens to me is, um, what has happened to me, you know, from, from the standpoint of when you and I last talked is, not a whole lot, but just relying on rituals and 
even today, as I was thinking about when I was going to talk to you, I was really excited, but I knew I had to get ready. I made my bed. I had a cup of tea. I um, had a little breakfast. I got dressed, showered and did all that as if you and I were going to meet at a cafe. And I think just those rituals of being ready in the morning gives us, you know, those little moments of confidence that we need to go ahead. And that's something I learned from my mother. She was a woman that she would never exit her room without being fully dressed. She's just one of those. And that happens. I, I've known of women who do that, but you would never see her in her nightgown. And, you know, there's also having lost her recently is there's also this feeling of just maintaining that sort of social DNA that she imparted to me is, you know, be ready in the morning, you know, tomorrow's never promised. So just be ready for what happens. And, uh, and so I try, and I think that's something that again, to your, to your listeners, I think that that little, effort in the morning can mean a whole lot for the rest of your day, no matter what you're doing. I'm wearing green, by the way. Green, any, any reason? No, I, I like the fabric and I thought green, let's, you know, think about a greener world and, um, you know, just green as go and green is, is blue, green and blue and green are some of the cooler colors. So it's good to have a, a cool color to kind of cool, cool yourself a little bit. That's what I thought. I, I, I love it. I, I, I love that uh, you look at your day, your days the way you do. And uh, I'm, I'm really uh, happy to be part of this event today, talking with you, you know, cross-continental conversation. You're in Sacramento, and I'm in the mountains of northeastern Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's amazing. It's a miracle, really. Yeah. And and my invitation to you, EW, is still open. You you bring your paints over here and, you know, we'll do some painting together when, when we can bridge that distance between us. Yeah, it's only several thousand miles. But <laughs> yeah, I would love that. I thank you so much. And you, too, have an open invitation to our home. Yeah, thank you. You know, if you want to come out to the East Coast, uh, and we're not far from New York City. You know, we go into mm. New York and Philly. Mm. Uh, so know that to be true. Uh, Thank you. Oh, no, no problem. It's it's wonderful to be able to offer it. And, you know, I, I we're almost out of, of time again. Oh, for, no. Yeah, we're all, you know, we only have a couple of minutes left. If you, if you would like to say anything in particular to the listeners to to wrap up our conversation this go around we surely will have another conversation uh, if you want to um but until then until the next time how would you like to uh to uh leave the listeners this this time uh i think the best thing i can say at this moment from my vantage is that i want i want everyone to know that your life extends beyond your present moment, but 
it's important to honor that presence where you are and you're going to be fine. You're going to be perfectly fine. If you are dealing with a difficult situation, there are multiple ways of, of getting out of that situation and don't be afraid to ask for help. And one of the ways that I do help myself if I can is to create some, some art. And that process is very, very rejuvenating and it can give you the motivation to take the next step. So whatever suffering that's going on in everyone's life, there is hope. There is hope. Ronnie Bopla, poet, visual artist out of Sacramento, California, and a good friend of Troubadours and Rock On Tours. Thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you, and I love you. I love you, too. Talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you.
Mon chagrin ne sera pour personne Je le garderai comme un ami Mais au premier jour d'été Tous les ennuis oubliés Nous reviendrons faire la fête aux crustacés De la plage ensoleillée De la plage ensoleillée de la plage ensoleillée And now, a short essay from the Sun Magazine's November 2021 edition its Reader's Right section. This is titled Brothers and is written by Brian Jimenez out of Buffalo, New York. When I was nine years old, I stole my older brother Johnny's basketball and popped it with a hammer. Though only a year and a half my senior, he was much stronger, and he held me down and branded my knee with our mother's iron. I cried and screamed for hours while Johnny received a spanking from our mom. When I was 12 years old, Johnny and I got in a heated argument on the school bus, and he slapped my face in front of our friends. I cried about it to our dad, and Johnny got a whipping. He resented me for snitching. When I was 16 years old, after calling and texting him for hours, I found Johnny at a friend's house at 2 a.m. on a school night. He was drunk and smoking pot. I was scared because I had never seen him like that. I covered for him the next day, and he thanked me and gave me a hug. That same year, we helped our school become state champions in cross country, crossing the finish line together. When he was 20 years old, Johnny moved two hours away. Though we rarely showed emotion toward one another, I remember feeling sad every time I passed his empty room. At 25, I came out to my family. I thought they would hate me, but Johnny hugged me and said we were bonded by blood forever, and I had his support. At 30, I was his best man when he married the woman of his dreams. He cried from happiness. I cried as I recalled the history between us. The shape you're in Finger on your eyebrow And left hand on your hip Thinking that you're such a lady killer Think you're so slick Well, all right 
Te quiero, pero usted me quita todo. Ya me robaste mi televisión, mi radio. Ahora quiero llevar mi carro. No me haga así, Rosita. Ven aquí. Hey, usted que es al lado, Rosita. Oh. Harpsichord electric heater resonates reddish with warmth, dry, into the household biosphere, constructed by a small stream of humanity and orchestrated with currency earned through efforts at leaving a legacy, even if it is just your remains to add organic girth to the earth.
Sometimes I don't know why And time seems to go by so fast In the twinkling of an eye Let's enjoy it while we can Let's enjoy it while we can Wanna help me share my love Episode 456 of Troubadours and Tours, with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'm uh, so happy to have been able to put another program together for you, and I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, out of Sacramento, California, our good friend, Roni Bopla. I also would like to thank The Sun Magazine and these musical artists. Thelonious Monk, Orange Juice, Anna Fox, Rochinsky, Bridget Bardot, Mink DeVille, Van Morrison, Brantford Marsalis, and Terrence Blanchard, too. And of course, I would like to thank you for listening. Until next time, let's do our best to enjoy this time. Take care. <laughs>